Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Tribune Audio Network. And now, The Score. Upcoming Friday night football matchups and breakdowns from the previous week. Here's what's happening in the Quad Cities high school sports scene. Welcome to your Score Podcast, Iowa Edition Season Preview. Joined by the same cast of characters, and when I mean characters, I mean characters because Brian Stocking's here, Greg Armstrong, Corey Cuffler. Talking high school football on the Iowa side of the river, the 2019 season now about a week and a half away. And I, why do you keep on wringing your hands like that? Stockwell? Anticipation for the season. He can't I mean, wait to talk about North and West and, and Central and, and all the schools. But <laughs> North and West and Central. <laughs> Stocking, do you have one of those like shirts that's cut into three where it's like, you know, like literally house divided where you like have North, West and Central all no, on one No, because t-shirt? we all know he likes North more than the I other two should shirts. have that <laughs> shirt, but I, it, but it's hard to find, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a sewer, so. Rank your know. favorite schools, North, West and I'm Central. Not. <laughs> do it. Do it now. I, I'll rank my kids right now. I don't care. <laughs> you ranked your children. I don't care. I'll do it right now. They don't listen. <laughs> literally, they don't listen in life and they don't listen to the podcast, so I'm good either way. Um, the high school football season is just a week and a half away. Really excited to get things going. This week, we're going to focus on previewing teams and, and districts and what we think might happen throughout the season. Next week, we'll dive into week one of the season, talk about matchups and, and some really good ones. Bettendorf and PV headline week one of the high school football season on the Iowa side of the river. So a lot more Alleman and Assumption and West and UT. Some really fun matchups we'll talk about next week. But we'll start... Um, talking about, and it's funny because I always want to say we'll start talking about the Mac because I'm still used to that and it's been so long ago. We'll kind of talk about in, the Mac. In our, de- yeah. in our defense, like, it's the Mac in every other sport. So like, it's not like that far-fetched. But um, when you talk about the 4A schools in our area, I, I think you kind of start with, with Bettendorf and the team that went to the Dome once again last season, one of the most storied traditions in, in, in the state of Iowa, and, and they should be really good once again this year. Yeah, you look at Bettendorf, and they've never lost a district game in their entire history. They've never lost a district game. And how many years is that now? How many uh, years are we in a district? I'm going to say five, I believe. Yep. And, um, you know, it's just been, this is the sixth year, I think, of district play. They've never lost a district game, and that is an amazing uh, feat that they have never lost a district game. And probably will continue this year. They, they are the class of, district, of class 4A, District 5. So when you look at a Bettendorf team, they, they obviously have a, a new star in their, in their backfield. Harrison Maybui comes over from Moline, a really good running back. We saw firsthand what he could do last year in the Western Big Six, and, and, and they will run the football. We know that at Bettendorf High School, so it'll be interesting to see how well he does on that side of the river. But you look at it as well. I know they're unsettled at quarterback, a couple kids, a, a, a transfer from Davenport West. Alex Trevino. Uh, Trevino, and then also... Um, Joe Byrne. Joe Byrne as well. So, But when you look at Bettendorf, some of the other names, when you look at non-skill positions, Griffin Little is one of the best players in the entire state of Iowa. I think he's only a 
junior right yeah, now. Yeah, and he's got a lot of schools. A lot of him. schools, a lot of big-time offers. I know Iowa's after him very heavy. Really, a really good player. So you look at Bender, if you start putting things together around a, a Harrison Baybouy in a good running game, and I know the receiver, they got a few receivers back, and, and, and a really good uh, tight end. Noah Abbott. Noah yeah. Abbott. I mean, I think you look at that, and you get the makings of a, another really good Bender football team. The biggest question was how do they replace all that talent that they had last year? Yeah, obviously, skill position obviously, wise. obviously, you mentioned a lot of those names that are going to fill those holes, but I mean, you're talking about a, a Carter Bell who had over what 1,400, almost 1,500 yards passing last Started year. Started as a freshman in high school at, ball at Monmouth Rose. Yeah, right. And then you talk. He had another 800 yards rushing. Uh, Austin Kalar, their running back, had what 1,300 yards last year. So I mean, Darian Porter, Darian Porter, who's at Iowa State playing. Your alma mater. Yep. We'll, we'll give the Cyclones. <laughs> a shout out. Um, but yeah, you just wonder how do they replace? And year after year, Bettendorf has this talent that they have to replace. And every year they have that next player, that next star that steps in. Obviously, you mentioned Bay Bowie's probably going to be that running back. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see how they handle it, where they put everybody, and how they fit, fit the pieces together this year. Plus, reworking the defense, uh, reworking their, def- their defense. Their defense was a major part of why they are ne- they've never lost a district game. And they lost a lot of pieces off that defense, so they're going to have to rework their defense and get it up to Bettendorf's uh, usual tradition yeah, of nasty. And, and you look at that, and, and I think Griffin Liddell is one of those kids that on the front of that defensive line and, and all the things that he does, if you're reworking and rebuilding a defense and you've got a young man like that kind of in the middle of it, anchoring it, that's a heck of a way to start. Um, you look at Bettendorf's schedule, they open at Pleasant Valley. We'll talk about the Spartans in just a second. But obviously a big rivalry game between those two schools. And then you look at a, a tough trip to Iowa City West after that, but then you get into district play not right away. I mean, you also have... Dubuque Hempstead, and then I, I think they're really licking their chops to get Cedar Falls again this year. Last yeah. year, they went up to Cedar Falls, played in the Dome, played a really good game, down to the wire, ended up losing that game. It's going to be fun to see a, a state power like a, a Cedar Falls come to Tuval Stadium and play, but then at Washington, Burlington, at Kennedy, West and Central to end the season. It'll be interesting to see if anybody in district play can beat Bettendorf, something that yet to be done. Yeah, and last year, Burlington, Bettendorf went down to Burlington and beat them 65 to What nothing. What happens when Bettendorf goes to Burlington, um, Stocking? They win. <laughs> oh, is that what we said last year? Remember that? <laughs> what? Yeah, what was it last year? You know what happens when you go down to Burlington is what he the said. The Bracewell Stadium. You never know what happens. <laughs> you never know. And, the, and no, 65 no, points happen. No, actually, we, we, we did know. Yeah. Just you didn't know. And that's no disrespect to Burlington at all, but obviously Bettendorf a really good football team, and we'll see how they do this year. Um, Aaron Wiley and company leading that team into, to, to see if we can make if they can make it back to the um, Unidome one more time. Um Elsewhere in 4A, stockpile. Well, you look at staying District 5, that's the district with West, Central, um, Kennedy, Wa- Cedar Rapids, Washington, Burlington. So who challenges Bettendorf in that group? If there's going to be a team, it's going to be, I believe, Central. So you like Central more than West? No, I said Central. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it, I tried. Central has Sam Strainback, who I think is the best defensive lineman in the Quad Cities. And that's saying something and after we just talked about Griffin yes, Liddell. And wow. And Israel Taylor is their top wide receiver. The question is can they find a quarterback to replace Aiden, Aiden De La Rosa? If they can, and that player, and they can get the ball to Taylor, that defense is good enough to maybe get them back to the playoffs if they can. If they stay away from injury. If you go to WQD.com, you can check out our, our central preview. Corey was there over the weekend. And, and the kind of the same thing that you thought talked about, too, is there's, there's tons of athletes um, at, at Davenport Central. Their defense is going to be pretty good. And they just missed down the playoffs last year going 4-5. and five. 
We'll see how good they can be and if they can make that next step and make it to the playoffs. That's yeah, exactly. That's what we're, we're looking to see here. They they have some playmakers. They do have some playmakers. They've they, this senior group right now was where they were sophomores when Davenport Central made the playoffs two years ago. They just missed out last year. Um, as far as the quarterback, and I, I believe it is Michael Moran is uh, who's going to be playing quarterback for them this year. Uh, he was the backup last year. Um, he didn't goes, even throw a pass last didn't year. Didn't throw a pass last year. I did watch him in practice though. He's one of those guys, Stocky, you talked a lot about the RPO last year. He's going to have that option this year, the run-pass option. They they looked pretty good. Their line play... And he's was, also a dynamic leader. I've seen him in the and, classroom and in the on the fields and fields and that of play. Was one he of, is a leader. One of the things that Coach Sacco had talked about, this is the first year that he selected eight guys basically to be the football counsel for this team and said, hey, you're seniors. This is the group that I want to lead the team this year. You decide what the team rules are. You decide if somebody messes up what's going to happen. I don't want to do it this year because he has that much faith in these seniors that he has. So if you pick it, if, if Central's going to be that team, they want to be that team that goes past nine weeks, get to 10 weeks, and then see what happens beyond that. But this is a team that they, they did impress me. There were some times where they did mess up, just like any other team when they sure. were out there uh, in practice early on. But you've still got ten days before you have yeah. to play your first game. And also, you look at the other uh, local team in four A five. That's Davenport West. The well, Falcons. there's also Burlington too. Well, the, uh, there's also Burlington, but uh, in the Metro, um, you look at Davenport West and the Falcons uh, are going to have a new quarterback, Peyton Thompson. Coach Peters is really uh, high on Thompson's ability to be a playmaker, and also at running back, the Falcons do have Cameron Carter back. He ran for over 300 yards, two touchdowns. The Falcons could be a team, and they also have Peyton Heath at receiver, 300 yards receiving, five touchdowns. They have some skilled position players. They could be, if they get some momentum, and they start off good. I mean, you know, you look at where they start off with their schedule. They got West, they got UT at home. They've got the revenge match against Clinton at home from last year's uh, near uh, Riot that they, they had. Oh, they they, that's when they, early, they pulled yeah. them off the field. Okay. Um, then they have to go down to Muscatine. They only lost by, at one point after the storm of that week. They only lost by one point at home to Muscatine. They want payback because they feel they should have won that game. It's a different they're, Muscatine this team this year. I know, yeah. but they're 3-0. and if, if West wins those three games, they're 3-0. and They play North, who could also be 3-0, and in the biggest in-city game between two Davenport schools. At Bray Street Stadium since 1987, <laughs> when an unbeaten West beat one loss North 30 to 29. All right, in week so like five, in week six, so in week six, <laughs> six of that season. Stop! I just got lost. What the world? What did you say? So I said, if West is three and zero and North is three and zero, it will be well, the biggest three and zero, and we're going to say it's the biggest, biggest game in city game between two Davenport public schools. That's at Bray Street since 1987, when five and zero West beat four and one North, thirty to twenty nine, in one of the best games ever played at Bray Street Stadium. All right, <laughs> so I will, hold on, but real fast with that. Take a breath. And, and this is no disrespect to West, but they won't be three and zero. I think they will be. They're not going to beat Muscatine. Muscatine's one of the best teams that we're going to talk about here in just a second. I think they will upset Muscatine down okay. there by by, okay. Okay. by less than four. Who pays your Who pays your paychecks? <laughs> I get a lot to blame from the Davenport schools. <laughs> exactly. But so, for teaching. Or, and that's no disrespect to Western. I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but I think Muscatine's going to be a really... We're, we're going to talk a yeah, lot I didn't say there. Muscatine's going to be bad. I think they're going to be really good, but I think so will West. Okay. Early on. Okay. okay. Early on. So will West make the playoffs? If they beat Central, yes. So which... 
We'll get to that. <laughs> what, do you, in a what do you got? Like I saw so many oh, questions. All I was going to say, we had asked him which one was his favorite Davenport school, and he wouldn't admit to which one it is. So I, I took all three of the nicknames. We'll just say he's a blue foul cat. Yes, <laughs> there you exactly go. what it is. He's a blue foul cat. So, I swear I went to look at the Cubs score, and all of a sudden you were talking about 1987. <laughs> I was like, what in the world? You just, I don't understand what just happened. Okay, but, uh, are we going to make predictions on this district? Yeah, Bet North wins along? this district. And think, Central makes the playoffs, and that's about I think. I ben, think that's it, yeah. Yeah, that's Bet it. Bet North will win, and Central is my dark horse, and they will make the playoffs because they'll beat West. Since okay, I'm also going to say Bet North wins the district. Since two out of the three Davenport schools are in this district, we'll go to who wins the Davenport, who wins the Brady Street Bowl, the the three, the three or the two games between Ooh, the three that's schools. That's a good question. Who wins that? Who wins the championship of Davenport? Correct. Who's, who's, who's your favorite? North. Who's your favorite kid? No, it's. <laughs> I think North has the most skill position players. Yeah, we'll talk about North in a second. I think North is going to have of the, the Davenport schools. Right. I think they are the best of the three Davenport schools. I would, I would lean that way as well. I just wanted to hear. But I'm intrigued by. I'm, ex- I'm intrigued by Central. I'm really intrigued by Central. I think. That's going to be. I think their defense was really good last year, and if they they're as good as they were last year, they can add a few things. I think they can be so good too. So what? Okay, so stock. If you're saying that West can potentially beat Muscatine, but that North is the best of the Davenport schools, what happens in that matchup between North and West? That you, according to, and I, I'm not denying it. I'm saying that's got to be a heck of a matchup then, according to your yeah, projection. I think it will be, here. and I think North will edge them by maybe a touchdown. Final score. Uh, 28-21. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> he is in mid-season form, folks. <laughs> yeah. He is in mid-season form. Um, let's move on to another district, and, and Stockpile, I'll let you pick which that's, district you want to go uh, to. Class 4A, District 4. Class 4A, District 4. And that's uh, your Iowa City West, your City High, PV, Linmar, City, uh, Muscatine, and North. Well, that's a really, yep. really good, good district. It really is. And, and you look at a team, we'll start with Davenport North, who had such a great start last year, faltered down the stretch, didn't make it into the postseason. We talked a lot about them on our podcast last week. And, and being over there at practice, um, br- new head coach, a uh, head coach I think is gonna, they stay in, in-house. They, they, they promote Adam Height from, from offensive coordinator to um, head coach, 30 years old, bunch of great energy. And, and you look around, and, and, and obviously they'll need to replace some guys up front. But when you look at skill position-wise, a lot of talent back in, in Jack Scott. Jack West. Jack West, I'm sorry. And Cade Schultz. And Preshidi. And Preshidi. Um, there's a <laughs> lot of really good players that, that, that intrigue me about that team. And, and, and they learned a lot from last year. And sometimes learning comes with losing, unfortunately. And you can't just always win and learn by winning. You, 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 some of your best lessons in life are going to be out of losing. Intrigued to see what they do this season and if they can make the playoffs. North has to replace their line. They have line work that they have to replace. Uh, they lost who I thought was the best defensive lineman in the state last year, Brant Carter, who graduated, and he moved on to college. They have, though, all their skilled position players back, Jack. We, we mentioned West, yep. Schultz, and Preshidi. The only other question that North has is depth. If they lose one of those guys, I'm not sure that there is a backup that can do all those things that, that Sheedy and Schultz and Wes can do. There's another Sheedy. <laughs> there are two, yes. There's yeah. Priest, the oldest, and then I believe... The Kate. sophomore, isn't he? Yes. He's pretty good, too. Yes, Kate, he's very good. I think so, yes. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a good player as well. Um, you look at Norris' schedule at Hempstead, at Senior, back at home for Davenport Central, back at home for West, at Linmar, 
home for Iowa City High at City West, Pleasant Valley, and that game at, a, at a Muscatine at the end of the year is, is an interesting game because those are two teams that have high expectations for this year. And you look at this, if you look at this 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 conference and you or this the district and you say the Iowa City schools are usually pretty good. One of the one of them, if not both, Pleasant Valley is a perennial playoff team. Uh, Muscatine's really good. I think one of the best teams in this district. And then you haven't even mentioned North yet. It's a it's a really good district. You look at Iowa City West. They have maybe the best play, one of the best players in the state, the and Morgan, Marcus Morgan, yeah, Morgan quarterback. King. I mean, the guy's a three sport athlete, and he's good in all three. And he is the quarterback on Iowa City West team that is traditionally one of the best in the state. Last year, North was one win away from making the playoffs. They were five and one going into the last three weeks, and lost, lost, lost. Iowa City West, Pleasant Valley, Muscatine. They can't do that this year if they want to continue to turn the corner. Yeah, they talked about they've learned to finish games, which was the problem the year before, and now they need to learn how to finish a season. I'm telling you what, there's an excitement at North. You probably see it when you go there. But um, they talked about just in the hallways. It's not like it's who's going to the football game. I can't wait for the football season to start. And and that goes a long way in in a mindset. It'll be interesting to see. The start's going to be important. I know we're, we're focusing so much on that finish. But the finish isn't important if you can't start well. Right. So these road games at Hempstead and to go to Dubuque, to Dubuque two straight weeks before you even get a home game, very important to see how they start off. And last year they only beat Hempstead 11-10 to 10 and it was by a field goal by they, Kip Reidenauer who graduated. Didn't they block they blocked three like, Yeah, PATs they blocked like or, three or field, field goals, goals yeah. at the end of the yeah. game. Yeah. And, then, and then they made their field goal on a kick by Kip Reidenauer who graduated. And they had a couple of slow starts against West. They were down ten nothing to the Falcons, and then roared back to take the win twenty-five to ten. Twenty-two to ten. Twenty-two to ten. Um, oh, Maybe the was, only time stockings. Oh, that was up. fun. Oh, that was good. Um, <laughs> I think the best team in this district is Muscatine. Um, they they return a, a really good young running back. They Timothy return a Nimley. lot of, and then they have so many good parts around him. They were so young last year. But they played so well. Now they, they didn't they didn't make the playoffs. They didn't get to that ultimate goal. But I think we thought last season was one of those years that they'd stumble a little bit and learn with young players. They won and were young at the same time. And now those young players come back. Corey, you were at Muscatine. What did you think of the Muskies? And can this be one of those teams that that can win a district championship? When you ask coach, what do you like about the team? And he goes. I like that we have everybody back, and I think we can be pretty good. That's laying your cards on the yeah. table right there. It's, I mean, it's always like when I would go see Mike Paposi, and he wouldn't joke around and say, we're going to be good. Yeah. It's essentially what Jacob Mueller was saying down there. Other than that, I think it's going to be 210 degrees. Right? <laughs> that <laughs> was a good mic'd up. That was a um, good mic'd up. But, he, I mean, he's excited about this team, and, and rightfully so. When you have an all-state running back and Tim Nimley coming back, what do you have last year? Uh, 1,163 11, yards. 1,100 eight, yards. Eight <laughs> I was getting there, Stock. I've got okay. quick stats. Pull- I got quick stats pulled up. <laughs> his, Greg's his, website. <laughs> his brain is quick stats. Um, but when you got him, that's a great place to start. They're in a they're in a uh, position, a quarterback battle right now between um, Sam we- Wieskamp. Sam. And, yeah, Sam. Yep. And uh, I cannot think of the other kid's name. It's not or Carson Orr graduated, and I cannot think of the other kids. Yeah. But but it's, it's a battle there at running back. They have Eli Gay back, who was a, uh, a wide receiver for them. They have Prince Wee, who's another good um, wide receiver. So they, they've got some skill guys. They've got some fast guys that can get make some plays out on the edge. Um, it's just going to be, can they put it all together? This team was young last year. They understood that they were just one game away, and they talked about the weather may have been a factor in some of those games where they like to throw the ball a little bit, yeah. and the teams that run the ball maybe had an advantage. 
Granted, both teams had to play in that weather, but sure. still, it's one of those things. It's harder to throw a wet football than it is to run it sometimes. So I like this team, and yeah, I do think that they're a playoff team this year. And Eli Gay had 862 yards receiving and seven touchdowns for Muscatine. So yeah, I, I'm intrigued by them. I think, and we'll get to our picks here in a second, but I think Muscatine might be the best team of that, that district. Um, what we talked about, it's a really good district where a lot of, a lot of teams – return players and in high school football when you return some talent, especially to the likes of Muscatine and, and the amount of people they, re- they return. So they host Central week one. They go to Cedar Rapids Jefferson. Then they host West once again at Johnston. Boy, at Johnston. Yeah, last year Johnston beat them 42-7 yeah, at Muscatine. That's right, they came here. Yep. So they go to Johnston this year at Iowa City High. So two tough road games right in the middle of the season, but then they get Pleasant Valley at home, Iowa City West at home, North at home. They go to Linmar. But if you look at their home games, they get Central, West, Pleasant Valley, Iowa City West, and Davenport North all at home. They get all three public schools in Davenport at home at Muscatine. I think it's going to be a good year for the Muskies, a team that we're going to be talking a lot about throughout the season. Week 9, North at Muscatine, very well could be for a playoff berth or maybe decides... Who wins the district and who's going to be if you're on Muscatine, the road? And so if you're Muscatine, though, win, the, win your five home games, steal one on the road, and you're in. Help me through this, and Stackpile, know you, you'll know the answer. It Can three teams from the same district make the playoffs? Yes. It all comes down to, after it, champions, RPI. it goes to RPI. It comes down to RPI, yeah, essentially, the, is what it comes down to. The okay. district Record champ, RPI. The district champ is guaranteed. What they changed this year is there's not going to be, well, if two teams share a district, both teams go. They're going to determine, the state's going to determine. District by RPI? Who wins, yeah, uh, well, the head-to-head, and if there's three or more teams, that will be RPI. It will be determined who is the champ by either RPI or wins out, and then there's nine at-large position, you know, nine wild cards. So, I mean, don't you see three teams making it from this division? Oh, I do. And we haven't even talked about Pleasant Valley yet. So let's get to Pleasant Valley. I know uh, Celia started there um, one of the first uh, mornings because they had a morning practice. And obviously when you look at Pleasant Valley last year, started off slow, finished so well. Um, Max Slavens did so much for this team last year. They have to replace him. But I know Rusty Van Wetzinga, when you get a program in place like he has, you you don't rebuild, you reload is the hope for them. Um, Pleasant Valley has a big task in, in replacing Max Slavens, but I know they have some pieces that they do like. Yeah, they lost a lot. Uh, they even lost uh, some other P- key uh, skill position players last year, uh, Royer, I believe. So they're really going to have to find, they're really going to be digging to find some players to move up and take over. And it's going to be a rough year. It could be a rough year for Pleasant Valley, but Pleasant Valley uh, hangs their hat on defense under Rusty Van Wetzel. It, and they will be depending on their defense. I, I don't, I mean, it sounds, it's not this, when you're, that program is in such a spot that I, I, it's hard to expect them to have a bad year. I think they rebuild. I think they real. are they going to be as good as last season? Will they make the postseason? All question marks, but I don't think, I don't think Pleasant Valley has a bad season. They, With that being said, it's a tough, tough d- d- uh, district that they do play. Last year, they start off immensely slow. They were one and four. And then won their final four games, but thanks to the RPI, they were able to get in with a five and four record. And I'm okay with that, yeah. right? But what I'm saying yeah. is, they start off one and four, so they had like four weeks of the playoffs essentially because they knew if they lost again in those final four games, they were done. And they won all four games, so I think they I can't pre- start I think off I one pre- and four. I again. think I predicted that. They're I'm almost. I'm not even joking. I I, I, I remember that. I'm, I'm, I'm a one of the yeah. best returning <laughs> offensive players will be Caden Kipper. 
315 rushing yards last year and three touchdowns. So a lot to replace, yeah. especially when you talk about Slavens, who had over 2,100 oh. yards and 25 touchdowns. We, we talked so, about last week. We were so your quarterback year, we're, leadership. We were so blessed last year with some of the players that we knew coming back from that side of the river at the quarterback position. A lot of teams that we're going to talk about in this podcast are replacing people from a year ago, especially at the quarterback position. You look, they, they open up with Bettendorf, they get him at home, then it's an, another game against Sierra Rapids Prairie, they go to North Scott, they go to Brady Street for Central, then they start district play with Iowa City West at Muscatine, at City High, Davenport North at home, and Linmar at home. I think I said at City High, I meant they host City High. So um, a lot of games early at home, and then a lot of games on the road. Three of the last four games will be on the road this season for Pleasant Valley. I'm intrigued with the Week One matchup though between Bettendorf and Pleasant Valley because last year it was a 20 to nothing shutout in Week One. Week Nine it was a 31-14 Bettendorf win, but you could see the improvement out of Pleasant Valley throughout the year. They oh, were absolutely. they were playing better football. Um, could potentially it be a a big route for Bettendorf in that Week One again? Possibly, yeah. But I'm intrigued by it just because it's such a rivalry game. It's such a big game because the, the schools are, what, a mile and a half, yeah. less than two miles apart from one another. I'm just intrigued by it to see where where uh, Pleasant Valley is in relation to who we think may be the better team in the state of Iowa. The two matchups looking in that district that intrigue me, every year you look at Pleasant Valley versus North Scott. That one always stands out. And then I think this year I'm looking at Pleasant Valley versus North. And then even to a th- further extent, in a second, we'll talk about North Scott, but North Scott versus North. Yeah. I think all North those Scott matches... play North. No, they don't play. It has different oh, districts. It's a, it's a different district, district. Yeah. Okay. But when you look at that as well, um, you mentioned Pleasant Valley and North Scott. That's been such a... I mean, the ending of those games, the competitiveness of those games, not being district games, but being old rivals that used to play in the MAC all the time. There's been some fantastic finishes and down-to-the-wire games. That is a, always a fun game that you circle on your, on your schedule each and every year. Gregor, how are you with districts now, with the new RPI? I like I us being the OGs of these podcasts. <laughs> a long we were, time ago, we would complain a lot. We about, were pretty critical several years ago, and I, I think both of us kind of... Saw, you know, saw the change last year, and I was optimistic, and I, I think I like it. I, I don't know; it's perfect, but I think, like Stocking, you said they adjusted some things a little bit. I think it's good. I think that that makes every game meaningful, even those non-district games. And I think that they do a pretty good job of getting the right teams in the playoff mix. Sure, absolutely. No, I think it's much better than than what it had been in the past. Hey, this district, who do we have winning it, and who do we have going to the playoffs? I have Iowa City West winning the district. I have North and Muscatine making the playoffs. I'll f- change that just a little bit because Muscatine's in our viewing area. I think Muscatine wins the district. I think Iowa City West makes it as well. I hope Davenport North makes it. I hope Davenport North can figure out a way to get enough victories and get in um, with an RPI and all that kind of stuff. They're a bubble team, and I, I really, I'm, I'm pulling for the Wildcats to get over that hump this year. I think three teams can make it from this district. If you look at it, if there's a district that's going to have three teams, you'd think it'd be this one, but then they're beating up on each other the entire season. Right. And you look at the rest of the, the, the 4A, there's, there's good teams around the entire state. So there's only nine at-large bids. To have two of them come from this district, is, I mean, it, it can happen, but it's tough to do. So hoping Davenport North is the third team as well, but I, I'm really intrigued and excited to watch what Muscatine can do this year. Um, Coach Mueller does a great job in Muscatine, and I'm excited to see what they do this year. I'm also taking Muscatine. Iowa City West makes it, and I think it's Pleasant Valley or North. They're both bubble teams as far as one of, one of them gets in, one of them will not. Yeah. 
I'm on that. I'm on that wave too. I will say um, that North will get in. I think that there'll be a bubble team that gets in. I think it's going to be a battle between West and Muscatine. I really want to say Muscatine, but I think I'm leaning towards West Iowa, winning Iowa, the West. Iowa City West. I'm sorry. I, yeah. Yes, I'm leaning towards Iowa City West winning the district and Muscatine being in the playoffs. And I think they'll both be very good, formidable playoff don't, opponents. Don't sleep on, on Pleasant Valley. I, I, I don't like to disagree with Young Stacking, <laughs> oh, yeah. but um, I don't think that they're in for a bad season by any stretch of the imagination. No, I didn't say they were very, be in for a bad season. I think season. you said they were going to be down. <laughs> I said they might not be. They won't be they in the playoffs. I don't think they'll be very good is what you no, said. No, I didn't say I that. I think you said that Rusty, I think they'll go in nine is what you said. No, I didn't. <laughs> Rewind the tape. Let's see yeah, if we can. No, I didn't so. ever say 0 and 9. Stockpile, take us to the next four. Or we go to 3A. We're right? going to go to 3A. I want to hit to 3A District 4 because that Makoka is uh, the only local team in that district. Cannon Coakley threw for 1,300 yards last year. And also, um, they have, a, t- they have a, a very good running back, I mean, wide receiver in. Um, Caden Aitazina, who had 454 yards receiving. 3A District 5 is the one that has most of our uh, teams in it, viewing area teams. Clinton, Assumption, Central DeWitt, North Scott are all in that district, 3A5. Yeah, it'll be an interesting district, to, uh, to say the least, of course. Um, with those three teams, or what was it, four teams? Four teams that I talked about. Four Clinton, teams. Assumption, Central DeWitt, North Scott. We'll start with North Scott, and, and I know that... Kevin Tippett's excited about what his team ha- what he has back this year. Obviously, now McLaughlin did a lot for that team and was a very good football player, one of those quarterbacks we kind of referenced and talked about earlier. But North Scott returns a lot of good football players. I think they're they're ready to make that next step. That they're eager to make that next step, and it's not. I don't think it's if they make the postseason. It's how far they can go in the postseason. I really like what North Scott has this year. Yeah, North Scott's gotten to the quarterfinals, but they can't get to the semifinals. And they always run into a buzzsaw. Somebody in the out of Dubuque. It, well, two years ago it was Bettendorf when they were still in 4A. Last right. year it was Western Dubuque. They're going to have Trent Allard, who uh, had mop-up duty last year for Niall McLaughlin. He'll be the, he's got the uh, best stats of the North Scott quarterbacks that are returning 54 yards passing, 89 yards receiving. I mean, 89 yards rushing. But North Scott, I think, will do it on their defense. They have a really good defense. Well, and he's got a great receiver to throw to in Ty Anderson. I mean, when you're 6'5", or however tall he is, just throw the ball up, let him go, and and he can run, too. So, I mean, don't don't sleep on them throwing the ball deep, and Titan Anderson's a a pretty good wide receiver there. They do graduate Jacob Porth, uh, who was their workhorse last year on the ground, so they've got to figure out who's going to be filling in that spot with uh, the running back. But, again, Coach Tippett has players. They, they've kind of built this tradition up the past few years where after nine weeks they plan on playing on week number 10. I feel like I'm going to have a stacking little rant here, but every year I talk about North Scott getting better throughout the season. And good programs and good coaches, that's exactly what happens. And North Scott, as good as I think they can be right now, they're a team that gets better from week one to week nine, and sometimes they get a lot better. So I, I'm really int- – and, and, and Kevin, Coach Tippett is one of the class acts in the area. Yeah. Um, I think he does a fantastic job. And, and like you mentioned, they need to, they want to get over that hump so bad. We'll see if this is the year to do it. I think they're a really good football team coming into the season. Davenport Assumption returns some familiar names. Um, can they get over the hump? Can they get – Get being back to the three, playoffs. Yeah, being back, yeah, exactly, being back to the playoffs before you even talk about moving down that playoff road and getting back to the Unidome. Well, they do have bigger numbers this year. Yeah. Last year they were very thin, and they were uh, depth was a problem. This year they've got more players, but 
they lose Brandon Schlichting, who was their who was their everything at quarterback. So if they can replace him and they got and they don't get hit by the injury bug, they could definitely make the playoffs. They graduated a ton. I was just trying to look through their stats to see who they really have coming back, and there's not there's not Nathan Schlichting is one of the names that pop sure. out. Yeah, uh, Tyler Kohanic is another one that pops out. Um, just kind of looking right off the top of my head here. Those are the two that I see that are coming back. Uh, Joshua Van Severin is one that's going to be pretty good. I believe he is um, one of the running backs possibly for them this year. But they graduated quite a bit. Um, on the line would be Seth Adrian would be back. But this is a team that is kind of intriguing. We talked last week that they've dropped some teams from their schedule, in particular Bettendorf, because it didn't mm. benefit them. And with their size, one guy getting hurt, just like you know, with Allman, yeah. one guy gets hurt, two guys get hurt technically. So, I mean, it's one of those things where that week one matchup against Allman should be a fun one to see where both teams are at. I know the, last, the last two years they played Bettendorf, they had their starting quarterback knocked out of that game. So why play the game? So that, yeah, and... Last year they lost to Allman, and it sort of set the tone for both teams, for Allman and for Assumption. This is uh, that could be this could be another tone setter for both teams. I think. Yeah, I, I was just going to say too, and I'll echo that. I think it's an intriguing matchup between these two schools, and obviously they they mirror each other, and they're they're very similar in style and size and all that kind of stuff as well. Fun game on a on a Saturday night to play. Um, it's funny because this has it as a Thursday night game. Yeah, they, but I'm positive it's, it's a Saturday. It's a Saturday game. game. It's a Saturday, yeah, it's a Saturday yeah, the game. State, I, I, at 6.30 as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you look at that program, two very similar programs. I think Wade King does a fantastic job. And, and, and once they get moving back in that right direction, it's, it's just weird not having assumption in the postseason. I think that they find a way to get back to the postseason once again this year. Yeah, and the, and the district is not an easy district. Central DeWitt is very good. Liberty is very good, as is Clear Creek Amana. This was the district we talked about last year that was really stuck out to yeah. us. It's like it was really interesting the way that it, um, you know, sh- took form when we first saw the districts being remapped. And um, yeah, I, you know, moving along, like I look at Central Dewitt as a team that bounced back last year, having a few down years. We're five and four. Um, they, you know, they lose Easton Necker, who was kind of their everything. Kind of did it ever. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he put up a ton of numbers. Um, trying to replace him is Zach Hinkle. Um, and they also need to find a new quarterback. But the interesting thing is they have two returning wide receivers um, in Logan Paulson and uh, Tucker Kinney, who are both over 6'5". So, so you I mean, just throw the ball up and yeah, they'll catch you would it. hope, yeah. Especially down the goal line, and that, that will help them be so more efficient at develop, the goal line. Yeah, develop a quarterback that can get them the ball on a regular basis. Like, there's some pieces there that are interesting, and, uh, you know, I think momentum's certainly moving in the right direction for that program. You mentioned uh, Easton Necker, fifteen hundred yards, fourteen touchdowns. Not a bad year, and I think not a bad year. Yeah, yeah, he he had a great year. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, with those with those wide receivers, though, as long as you get a guy that can throw it just a little bit, just a little bit. That's all you got to do. Just keep teams honest, especially w- with them being that big. Just throw it a little bit, and uh, just good things should happen. And Dewitt McCook at a week two will be a very interesting game. It always it, it always is. is. Yep. Who wins this this district stackpile? Liberty. They have really? tremendous Iowa facilities, City and a lot of old Iowa City West players are now at Liberty. I see Liberty winning the division, the district. I have North Scott making the playoffs. I have North Scott winning the the, the district. I didn't even, I didn't Liberty. Wasn't Liberty bad last year? They were like three and six. 
but they that, that's bad. But they they <laughs> are in, one they, and four in the district. But they have six. great facilities, and they are I don't a care very about the facilities. But that, but that not, but the facilities in, aren't playing. But the facilities are a thing that draws the kids to that school. It's a new school. I think they make. I think that's. But do you the think year. they go from three and six to winning the entire district? Yes. Okay, I'm taking North. Scott. I need. I need more reason than just facilities. If yeah. I'm going to go that route. That, uh, from what I've seen, they've got a lot of returning players. There, I'm going with them. There's no Davenport Public School in this district, so obviously he's going with. That's why going <laughs> off the <laughs> off the grid a little bit. <laughs> I, I go. I go North Scott, and and boy, I, I'm intrigued by by Central DeWitt to see what they do. So, but I think North Scott wins the district. I'm not sure who makes the playoffs after that, but I really like what what Kevin Tippett and North Scott does. So, um, I will also go North Scott. And and uh, did you guys touch on Clinton? I looked at the cup score. We did not. No, we did not. We can. I know that yeah. they, it was a struggle for them last year, and I know that they, they, that's not what Coach Wofford wants, no, they, expects, and, and hopes to be better this year. They really struggled down the stretch, and they really had some uh, tough losses down the stretch. And they lost their best linebacker. He transferred to Bettendorf. So it's going to be very tough for Clinton, I think. And they also lost LJ... Uh, Sullivan, I think, or Washington. Is that the one who moved out? Calvin Goodett. That was a quarterback from yeah, last he was year. The, but there was a... Uh, L.J. Uh, Henderson. L.J. Henderson, thank you. Um, he he uh, transferred elsewhere. We won't touch on every district in, in 2A, 1A, and, 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 and so on and so forth, but um, touching on some of these schools that, that, that kind of stand out, obviously New London in the special season last year winning a state championship. We don't want to not mention them. Um, but they do have a rebuild. They do have some some big shoes to fill with some of those players that that did such great things for them all the way to the Unidome into a state championship. Um, I, I think it was a a um, program setting um, season, season for them. I, I think season, it was yeah. it was a special season for them. I think I don't think they fall off the face of the earth by any stretch of the imagination. But they do have some some replacing to do. But those same guys that that were practicing those extra four or five weeks are now expected to do bigger things and, and play on the field, and I think that experience helps them whether they're watching and, and watching what happened on the field or practicing throughout the week. New London also gets the added benefit from having a Week Zero game because Tri-County dropped their program. New London plays Saturday at Williams Bay in Wisconsin. Not Green Bay, Williams Bay. Wisconsin. In Week Zero. <laughs> it did sound like a Wisconsin-ish. Wisconsin. Well, it's in Week Zero in Wisconsin against Williams Bay. It's got to be a better bay than Green One, right? Yeah. It, well, has, it has to be. But the That's coming from a Bears fan, of course. Also, but that also gives them an extra week of practice because they're a Week Zero program. They get that extra week to play to practice, so that helps them out. But when you look at eight-player the one of the teams that stands out is Wait, let's let, before you jump to other teams, let's finish talking about New London here. Let's okay. talk about what they graduated. They, they, Trace they, McSorley, gone. Keontae Luckett, gone. This was last year was a special team very for special. Them to drop down and play eight a or eight man for the first time ever and to win a state title. It's a history making moment. I'm curious to see what kids want to play football now and play this eight-man style of football because of what they did. So maybe this year isn't the same year that they had as, as last year, which was a state, a state championship year, but give it three years maybe even and see where they're at. Do they bounce back in three years because all these kids that are in seventh and eighth grade are like, hey, I want to be part of this. I want to, I want to do what those guys did and see if they can bounce back in, in, in a couple of years. Not that they can't do it this year. Yeah. They just lost so many pieces yeah. and it's going to be hard. And, you know, Greg is a uh, fan of the Milledgeville Missiles. And last year, all, a lot, the big story was a lot of those kids when they were eight, nine years old watched Milledgeville and then were able to do what Milledgeville did 
you Greg's know, over here smiling. Yeah, <laughs> he lo- he loves that story. But you know that <laughs> but that is a big thing. But eight player ball. There's a team, Easton Valley, that has a slew of offensive weapons. Nathan Trenkamp's the quarterback. 199 completions, 2,600 passing yards, 38 touchdowns. His uh, running back, Colton Murphy's back, 201 yards rushing, four touchdowns. His top two receivers, Kay Jargo, over 1,100 yards receiving, 20 touchdowns. Braden Farrell, 322 yards receiving, seven touchdowns. They're back. Easton Valley is stacked. They could be the new London of this year with a very long run. Can we come back into the room now that you're done talking? Yeah. You are. You never left. <laughs> um, interesting teams around the area that I do want to touch on. It's a different era in Wilton. I think Wilton will still rebound and reload and all that kind of stuff. But it's weird not going to be calling Jerome Mays' name and some of the other two kids that they've had in recent years. So it'll be a different look for Wilton, but I still think they'll have a good season, and, and we'll see what they do down there. Um, uh, always intrigued to see what Mediapolis does. I think Coach Borson does a fantastic job down there. We'll see how the Bulldogs do this season. Several other d- interesting teams from around the area. Well, Stockpile, Meepo, you're flipping through your stuff. Meepo plays at Wilton in Week 7. Um, in Class 2A5, there's a quarterback from Louisa Muscatine, Chase Cruz. He returns. He's an RPO guy. 760 yards passing, 872 yards receiving, 16 total touchdowns. He's back for LNM. They could be a force in 2A5. West Liberty, who last year got to the Dome, they lose a lot of players, including quarterback Seth Feldman. So it's, West Liberty is going to be rebuilding this year. So it's going to be interesting to see if Louisa Muscatine can carry the flag for 2A5 to the Dome like West Liberty did last year. Waplo, great running back. Ricky Forts is back, almost 1,400 yards rushing, 16 touchdowns. And you look at um, – <clears throat> and you, so you look at them as uh, – Talented players for those teams. Durant loses their, I think Durant loses Mason Compton, their quarterback. So it's going to be interesting to see what Durant does. They have not beat Wilton since the 90, late but 90s. They had a really? good year wow. last year. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and they, they came up an short. interesting game. Wilton and Durant. The, back, oh, the backyard. What week, is that? What, what week is that, Mr. Mr. Uh, Stockpile? What week is that? Wilton and Durant meet. Um, they meet week one in Wilton. Yeah, as oh. say, they met in week one last year, too. I yeah. remember that. Yeah, perfect. Well, we'll talk a lot about that game and many more next week. We'll we'll dive into the actual first round matchups and first round matchups, week one matchups, and, and what we can expect on the Iowa side of the river. Um, don't forget if you're interested, make sure you follow the score on Twitter. It's at the score WQAD. Um, make sure you subscribe to like the podcast, give us feedback. We always enjoy this, and we always enjoy hearing from people as well. Um, and of course, don't forget the score returns uh, August. I almost said October. August 30th. It's an entire half hour. How many years is this, Cuff? Is it five years now we've been doing it for a half hour, or is that too many? Uh, I think week four. I think this is year four. How year many four. years did you do it? Yeah, I was going to say this is probably this sound, four sounds about right. Four, I think. Yeah, fourth I year doing it. Obviously, four. really excited. We'll do the mic ups. Uh, a lot of pro, uh, post game from from players and coaches and all that kind of stuff. So and and Brian Stocking, yeah, cool. and any, the Stocking stat of the night. Yep, yep. Any uh, any Davenport schools or any school for that matter. If you want to make a fat head, just get Brian Stocking's Twitter Man, avatar, it blow is. it up. How awesome was that last year? That was was Davenport, it's Davenport North. North did it, yeah. Yeah, they were our yeah. heroes last Several, year. Several, a couple of them, a couple of pictures of that made it on graduation walls. So Davenport North, because we know you were listening. Stockpile fatheads guarantees you a, a an appearance on the score this year. So. Or what if like stockpile T-shirts with everybody <laughs> with a big a big stocking head That's on going the T-shirt? Oh That's going to another level. If now. anyone makes a stockpile T-shirt, a stocking T-shirt, I will buy five of them from you. <laughs>
Absolutely. Week zero, Cardinal is taking on Columbus oh, and go. New London versus Williams Bay. There's no such thing as a week zero. <laughs> In Iowa, there is. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well, make sure you guys uh, check us out next week. We'll do a week one uh, score podcast, and then, of course, the score returns August 30th. We can't wait to see you. Stockpile. Tell everybody goodbye. So long, everybody. <laughs>